<laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to think. What do you eat from Tim Hortons? Bagel. Although okay. I still think cream cheese. Diplomacy is more bagel accurate, butter. but I'll get over yeah. it. Does anyone raise on bagel peanut butter? Now I know yes. what to get you when we go to Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I want to surprise you with something extra nice. Something really cute. <laughs> the bagels at Tim Hortons are no, they're bad. So they're bad. bad. <laughs> Only in case of an emergency yeah. or drunkenness. Yeah, Nikki was like, Tim Hortons, no matter what you get, it's always disappointing. This mm-hmm. is like. It was a little bit shocking for some to learn that I had when I was younger uh, consumed marijuana. This episode, we're talking about education, and specifically the cuts Doug Ford has decided to make to to our public education system. In Ontario. In Ontario. So, before we do that, as usual, we'll get into some news to keep you updated and informed on the stuff that you should know to do your week about Canadian politics. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing, Kate? Um, The first thing is that a couple days ago... Um, it was reported that there are possible cuts to OHIP coming. So the provincial government is looking to cut half a billion dollars worth of funding to OHIP. And OHIP is Ontario Health Insurance Plan. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's why our health care is free. Yeah. So again, they're doing one of these ridiculous reviews to see if funding is appropriate. Mm. Um, Which is always, I think, I feel like we can put, like, a blanket statement on yeah. re- funding review yeah. as, like, a bad thing. Well, it's not, <laughs> like, it's it's just, it's a procedure that justifies the end. Like, yeah. they already know what they're going to do. Yeah. Because they have set deadlines. So, by May 1st, they have to agree to reductions worth $100 million. And then, by September 1st, they have to cut another $360 million, And then it'll keep Jesus. going. Jesus. Last week, um, Equal Voice, a organization that, um promotes female uh, candidacy uh, at the municipal, provincial, and federal levels um, had a event uh, on Parliament Hill where they filled all the seats in Parliament with young women. Uh, and uh, the Prime Minister uh, and Andrew Shear and Jagmeet Singh... Jagmeet? I don't know if Jagmeet spoke. I, I think. don't think so. At least he wasn't mentioned in any of the articles. But yeah. But that's not I don't know if he was... Anyway... He might not have been mentioned because he wasn't part of the drama, <clears throat> which was that um, when the uh, when Andrew Shear spoke to address the uh, the young women sitting in the, in Parliament, um, many of them walked out, and then the ones that remained uh, when Justin Trudeau was uh, speaking uh, turned their backs on him, and <clears throat> uh, they were saying that um, they did this because Trudeau uh, fired Jody Wilson-Raybould and. Uh, uh, Jane Philpott from caucus, from the Liberal caucus, Uh, and this was after the SNC-Lavalin affair, fiasco, whatever you want to call it, uh, (laughs) which you may have been hearing about peripherally. Uh, Molly and I did go through, like, a lot of the details on that on our last episode, so if you want, like, a bit of a recap, you can go there. But a lot of things have happened since then, which I won't really go through because they're super boring and they don't ultimately matter, um, I think. Uh, It's kind of weird to me that they would make such a big fuss about this. Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould? No, the equal, these daughters of the vote or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, why, if you, like, I don't know, it seems like of all the political issues to get really pissed about, like, turning your back on the prime minister, okay, whatever. They think, they think why that this? this means he's a sexist, honestly, and it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I'm not going, I'm not, like, 
I'm not like attached to Justin Trudeau in any way, mm-hmm. but I don't think this particular thing. I'm sure there are other things maybe we could find to show this. The point is, is that I don't think this particular thing means he's a sexist. They're saying, oh, you're a sexist because you're not holding on, like, you're not maintaining that. This is 2016 whatever energy. Mm-hmm. Now you fired two Big women. Big dick 2016 like, energy. <laughs> who, like, basically, yeah, we're, I don't know. I don't really understand exactly what happened, but they did something that made him, that pissed him off. Mm-hmm. They're both playing politics here, Yeah, right? exactly. And yeah. these women who are just buying into it, like, you don't like, this is somehow new, that this doesn't really matter that much, and that it's all transparent, and they're all just playing this weird game. Yeah. Where women are, like, <clears throat> instrumentalized yeah. even more by being, like, a symbol of being progressive without actually doing anything. That's actually such a good point. Like, why don't you be mad about, like, missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada? Thank you. Turn your back on Justin Trudeau about that. Yeah. He hasn't done anything for it. Yeah, or, like, um... But, th- like, two random cabinet ministers get fired and you, like, shit your pants? That's... That's kind of sad. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Maybe I'm just being petty because that girl I know from high school is in it and I don't like her. Also, don't they women didn't... have an equal voice in politics now under Justin Trudeau? So should yeah. I fucking disband? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, you're... Kitchen accomplished, ladies. Go home. You're irrelevant. Go back to the kitchen. Your job... <laughs> Your job is over. <laughs> Let's talk about Alberta, Kate. Oh, yeah. So Alberta's going through um, the final stages of their provincial election right now. The election is in uh, like a week and a half. It's on April 16th. And, um, basically it really looks like the Conservative Party in Alberta is going to win the premiership, um, and probably with a large majority, according to the CBC poll tracker thing. Um, currently they're leading at 47.8% of the vote, um, to unseat the NDP who have been in power there under Rachel Notley. Um, basically the Conservative Party's running on being anti-climate change, uh, anti-climate change law, no, um, <laughs> being anti-climate tax, they want to lower the minimum wage, they want to cut a bunch of funding for literally everything, um, and this is Jason Kenney, right, the leader? Jason Kenney. Who is a former federal cabinet minister under Stephen Harper, and, like, literally embodiment of pure evil, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> This is not an objective mm-hmm. fact. Probably. Oh, he also wants to cut corporate taxes. Oh, yeah. Let's give more money and, to the rich. Yeah. Yes. And uh, expand Honey. the Trans Mountain Pipe- Pipeline Project. Oh, wow. And I auction off 100,000 acres of public land <laughs> to the highest bidder. Also, Jason Kenney looks like a thumb. <laughs> I think Hot that's like take. a conservative, like... That's a requirement. Condition. Yeah, that's a condition. Um... <laughs> They would also audit education and... Oh, review funding. Yep. Don't review funding. Yeah. Audit (laughs) education. And, uh... Oh! (laughs) Lift the provincial cap on charter schools in the province. So, increasingly privatized uh, education in Alberta, which... We love two-tiered education here in Ontario. Oh, yeah. So, this is something that I talk about. Uh, in the interview, which we're going to listen to next. Yeah. So, um, so is does that cover everything for Alberta? I or mean, there, you want to talk about? Have, no. Like they're having an election. The Conservatives are probably going to win. Anyway, so um, another thing that happened is on Saturday here in Toronto, there was a big 
um, protest against the recent um, cuts that the Ford government's made to education here. So the five major teachers unions in Ontario all bust in shitload of teachers mm-hmm. um, and other educational support workers too and flooded Queen's Park. I went with my mom who has been a teacher for over 25 years in a rural school board in Ottawa or outside Ottawa and her little sister who is my aunt mm-hmm. um, and who has also been a teacher for over 20 years. They're the cutest two piece, peas <laughs> in a pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm 5'2", and I tower over both of them. <laughs> um, but it was it was really cool to go to a protest with my mom and my aunt. Um, it was something I was telling Tara earlier. Most of the time when like, you go to marches or rallies and stuff, especially in Toronto, it feels very, like, impotent. You're just, like, standing there on, like, a lawn, and it's cold, and everyone's kind of, like... The wind is blowing. Yeah, everyone's, like, (laughs) half-heartedly cheering, and then, like... One hand clapping. Yeah, like, a chant will come up, and then it'll, like, halfway stop. What do we want? Evidence-based (laughs) decision-making. When do we want it? No. Yeah. Um, But this one was really good. It was really energetic. It was Am I painting a picture? Is where we doing it? It was sunny and warm. Aww. And then after I went for lunch with my mom and my aunt, and we talked about what going meant to them and what these cuts might mean for teachers and students. And yeah, let's listen to it. So my first question is, why did you go to the protest today? I went to the protest today because I felt it was really important to stand and be counted. Because what Doug Ford is trying to do, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding amongst the general public simply because they're not teachers. Because I think that when people hear 28 kids as a, as a class size, they don't realize that that's an average. And that's an average that goes across school board, not even within a school. So... What that does is that actually means that in order to run that grade 12 chemistry class or that grade 11 visual arts class that are necessary for these kids as they go on to post-secondary, they deserve those choices and they need those choices, that those mandatory larger classes in grade 9 and 10, like math and English, are going to be sitting there with 40 kids in them. And that's unacceptable, and that's why I went. I have huge concerns about the impact of the cuts on the classroom and what it's actually going to mean um, face-to-face, day-to-day with the students, but having uh, class sizes this much bigger makes a huge difference. And the idea that there's in some way a benefit to students to have much larger classes is it, there's makes no sense. Um, the students will say on days when there's something special going on, like a hockey tournament or some other special event and for some reason there's a number of students who are out of the class because of their attending an event and students who are remaining in class will almost always say wow this is so nice we get to have so much more time to talk about things and do different things and it's just so much it's so it just feels better so you don't have to look far to get evidence about the difference that class size makes and it just it's class size is a big concern that I have and the overall idea that we're going to apply some sort of purely numerical analysis to what should happen in our education system is a 
huge concern to me because we're talking about human beings with needs on many levels and if anything we need to be investing more to try to meet the needs of our students in front of us and if we want to be fiscally responsible let's look at what their needs are here and now that will help prevent problems in the future that's where your fiscal responsibility is so what was the experience of the protest today like it was amazing that's the first time i've ever attended um a political rally or protest of any kind and to be gathered there with 20,000 like-minded people who all you know gave up their saturday and hopped on a bus at 4:30 in the morning in the case of the people in northern ontario at 1:30 in the morning um it it was amazing just to be gathered and to be united in this very critical fight it felt it felt amazing it was wonderful yeah it definitely feels like a fight and i don't like to say that because i I want to think that when problems arise, it's a matter of talking about it and figuring out a solution. But the steps that the government has taken are unprecedented. Even in comparison with uh, the actions of the Harris government 20-some years ago, the attack on the teaching profession in particular and the ruthless application of cuts... It, I, in my 25 years of teaching, I've never seen anything like this. Um, so, yes, it does feel like we have a fight on our hands. And I think that as teachers, we need to be prepared to step up and fight for our students' education. The, the mood at the rally today, it was very evident that teachers are prepared to fight. And they're prepared to fight hard. And this was just... The first step, I'm certain, in a series of rallies and protests and movements and initiatives that teachers are going to take to let their voice be heard. Because right now, Doug Ford seems to have a leg up in terms of the messaging, and it's it's our turn. Mm-hmm. So what can other people who aren't teachers, people in the general public, what can they do to get involved? So every Friday, <clears throat> there's a movement where we're asking everyone to, it's called hashtag red for ed. So wear red um, in solidarity with teachers and education workers of all stripes. And any time that there's any sort of rally or protest, I mean, everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. It, it was great to see lots of different members of the public there today, not just teachers. Those are two things that can be done. And the other thing is, I think they can just ask questions. Ask teachers questions. What is it that you are so upset about? And I think that hearing it directly is going to help people understand why this is so critical and what it is that we're exactly so upset about. It has nothing to do with um, our own personal interests. It's what we know is going to happen to the classroom and to the kids in the classroom. We, we already can't get to every child in the class every day. That does not happen. And this is only going to amplify the problem and make kids frustrated and disinterested. Mm-hmm. Be informed. Find out what the numbers mean. It's easy to throw out numbers like increasing a class average to 28 but I think it's so important for people to understand that what that means that's an average so that that means that we are talking about classes of if not 40 certainly approaching 40 I don't know if you try to picture what that's like in a classroom Um, so be informed Um, think about what that actually means for your own children even if you don't have children think about what that means for the 
the our up-and-coming students who will be our future leaders. I think it would be good to explain about the autism. Oh yeah, do you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's also another thing that I think it's important for everybody to understand is that um, the funding, well, what he's calling new funding or the new funding formula for autism, what that actually means is that there's no new dollars whatsoever being funneled into the education system to help the students with autism. And Doug Ford presents it like it's some new thing, that there's going to be students with autism in the classroom. There, I have on average between two and four kids in my class every year who are on the autism spectrum. I have received no special training to um, service these kids and but what those kids do get is they do get extra funding and what he's going to do is he's going to take away all that extra funding and fund a child who's on the spectrum with the same amount of dollars as a, as a child who is not on the spectrum. So all of the special assistive technology that that child benefits from, all of the um, small group or individual educational assistance time that that child benefits from is going to be gone and all of those responsibilities are going to be added on to the teacher and it's not that I mind taking on those responsibilities it's that I already can't adequately service the needs in my classroom the academic and the social emotional needs in my classroom and so that's going to be added on I'm game to take on the work I know that I'm not going to be able to adequately meet the needs of the kids I would just go back to the idea of fiscal responsibility. If this is what all these changes and cuts are supposed to be about, then I think let's talk about what that really means. And if you're looking to the future, fiscal responsibility would mean getting real about the mental health needs of our students, um, social development. needs, development, and so on. And what what are we doing now to address those? What What more needs to be done to address those? And if we invest more in helping to be real about this and dealing with it, long term, as a province, we would save so much money in health costs, emergency room visits, diversionary programs. Mm-hmm. We'd have more productive, higher number of more productive citizens, citizens who are reaching their potential. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the e-classroom thing? I do. Yeah. So another thing that I think is really important for people to understand is that with this new initiative where Doug Ford is proposing that every high school student takes four online credits, there's been no details around who will be teaching these courses, none whatsoever. And I think the strong possibility is that it's actually going to be private companies that are going to be administering these courses. And any, unless you are a student who is very self-directed, a, a strong learner with lots of initiative, that is who succeeds in online courses. So any struggling student, any student who might have attentional difficulties is going to really struggle in a course like that. And the other thing that it does is it moves us toward the two-tier education system because I think that if you have students like that who are feeling... Uh, underserved in these online courses, the parents who have the most means to do so are going to be influenced to register in private schools, which I would say is what Dark Ford is hoping is one offshoot of this because that takes those kids off of the public budget. So when you say a, like a two-tier system, that means the rich kids go to private school 
and the poor kids go to shitty public schools. That's exactly what I mean, and that's what you have in many parts of the United States, especially in the southern United States. And we've seen that with those American charter schools, those students in those states that have that two-tier system, they are coming in and in the lowest percentages as far as their ability to perform well when they go on to post-secondary. If they go on and to post-secondary. If they even go on to post-secondary. And the other thing that it does is, if you end up with um, you know, only lower-income students who might come from difficult family backgrounds and they have no, there's no balance of students in the classroom Uh uh, that doesn't create a rich learning environment for anybody. Mm -hmm. So you're just ghettoizing education. Completely. And I I think that this is Doug Ford's first step in that process. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what his goal is, to go with a privatized education system. He's trying to Americanize our public education system. Yeah. And we see where that's gotten the Americans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about? No. That's good. That was Kate's interview with Cindy and Lorianne. Um, and I guess one thing uh, we should probably mention is that you probably got this from the interview, but mm-hmm. if you don't already know, um, education is funded by the province of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, it's public, <clears throat> which means it's public. We do have private schools here, um, but most of the schools are public. Um, and um, I guess there was only one thing that we didn't that we didn't cover in that interview, which mm-hmm. is the. Um, it's the policy of attrition that this um, these cuts also include. Basically, that means that. Although the government says they're not actively firing anyone, they're also not hiring anyone, which means that when teachers retire, which um, a lot of teachers are baby boomers, and so a lot of them are retiring in the next year, a couple years, um, they will, like, there will be no replacements hired um, to fill their roles, which means existing staff will have to take on more classes and bigger classes. So mm-hmm. this means that, like, what they were talking about in the interview, that mandatory classes that you need, the province mandates for your degree, mm-hmm. such as, like, English could have up to 40 kids in a classroom which Which is is insane psychotic yeah like i like have such baby fever but if i was in a room with more than like five kids (laughs) i would shoot myself like and they're (laughs) assholes when they're teenagers oh yeah really so um yeah that's a really big problem also um i think as kate mentioned like that just because um you know, a teacher retires mm-hmm. doesn't mean there's any less demand for teaching jobs. No. Doesn't mean there's any less need for teaching jobs mm-hmm. in classes. Um, so, like, I feel like conservatives use this, like, attrition policy with a lot of things. Doug Ford has used it with a bunch of other uh, different things. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an easy way to cut He's like, cut jobs oh, we're not cutting taking jobs. jobs yeah, but, but you, you are. are. You're taking jobs. Um, so, like, in the next year alone, approximately a thousand, over a thousand teachers are expected to retire, which means that a thousand positions will go unfilled. Great. And that's a minimum. End Doug Ford estimate. has a fucking majority government, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ontario. But this, this, <laughs> this, um, this rally was really good hopeful to go to in some Mm. senses because the unions really um got it together Mm -hmm. and they seem this will this energy that they have will carry through Mm -hmm. um because they're renegotiating their contracts with the government in september so we might see some strikes um, we might see strikes there'll be a lot more walkouts oh also i forgot to say my little sister lauren goes to high school and she organized a student walkout 
in protest of this oh at, Cana- at her high school. Shout out to Lauren. Yeah. Oh my and, god. Um, this was over 600 schools, high schools in Ontario did this. Wow. Um, April 4th, I think. So, students Brilliant and teachers woman. are trying to do stuff. So, you should That's support amazing. them if you can. Go to yeah. stuff like this. There'll be more rallies and events at across Ontario. Teachers are such a good case for unionizing your uh, workforce Mm -hmm. um, because you have collective bargaining power like Mm -hmm. renegotiating your contract with the province Mm -hmm. and you do have the power to collectively walk out. Yeah. um, Which I think is like I think in a situation like this especially where the government has a majority um, Mm -hmm. and a mandate like that um, it's incredibly powerful yeah I mean they can still be the government can still do a lot to oh and they can back to work yeah yeah of course they can really and they will they can and they will really fuck with them but at least they have some kind of organizational structure that totally support them and theoretically the students that they serve it's just a good i think it's just a good case for why unionizing is important right and a lot of like a lot of workers aren't unionized Mm -hmm. um so uh because we don't like really prioritize that here um so yeah that's that i think yeah that's good tie it up with a little bow so yeah i think actually i like that i like ending on this like note of like the protest being Mm -hmm. heartening because that's like i mean as much as like this is like a I mean, these are dark times harry <laughs> um you Ew. know there's like did you say ooh to my yeah, harry potter reference yeah, I did. fuck off sorry. i love harry potter uh um you know people there's there's um there's sparks of hope everywhere <laughs> um and people organizing um all over to um try to stop some of what's going on mm-hmm. so all right so that's all for us uh for this episode um you can reach out to us on social media um if you want to uh hear about a topic that we haven't covered yet um or if you want to say hi or how much you love us or mm-hmm. i mean if you want to provide constructive feedback that would be fine but i, like I probably won't listen is that bad i don't know anyway so we <laughs> we're at um at twitter uh um we're on twitter at undecided underscore pod we're on facebook at undecided pod and we're at instagram um at undecided podcast um that's it for us for today and um, we'll see you next time see you next time i'm undecided it was a little bit shocking for some to learn that i had when i was younger uh consumed marijuana